So are you ready for the word? Yes. Excellent. Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 5. Brother James, who's the brother of Jesus. <clears throat> We're going to continue on the series of mercy. And last week we discussed that the book of Hebrews asks, asks us to approach the throne of mercy, approach the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy and grace in times of need. Right? We must understand that God has already, because of Jesus Christ, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ died for all humanity? Okay. He did not die only for Jews and Christians. He died for all humanity, which means the price that Jesus paid is available for everyone. Everyone, all humanity. Okay. So... Because of what Jesus has done, he has made a provision for grace for everyone. Which means a Hindu can actually repent. Listen to me very carefully. A Hindu can actually repent, change the way he thinks and start believing in Jesus and tap into grace. And he will tap into grace faster than a Christian. Do you understand? Same thing with any religion. Doesn't matter what your religion is. God is not into religion. God is into believing. Say believing. believing. Okay. So when, when a person chooses to believe in God, now he taps into every blessing that is already made available for you and me. Okay. So which means righteousness is already full. It's already been made available. Grace is fully made available. Peace fully made available. Mercy fully made available. Every blessing, prosperity, listen to me, prosperity is fully made available for you. Which means if you go to God today and you say, God bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. His answer is going to be, I have already blessed you. So if God has already blessed us, why are we not walking in the blessing? So today's word is about that, okay? It's about mercy. Say mercy. mercy. Right? So mercy is the door through which we have access to every blessing in, in the heavenly places. Okay? People have thought, no, Baba, it's only by grace, by grace, by grace. No, the grace of God enables you to steward the blessing. The grace of God gives you God's ability to be God on the earth. Be like God on the earth. Be like God, be God. Be like God, be God. Be like God, be God. Do you understand? He is not the Lord of Lords unless you understand that you're the Lord of your life. Uh. <laughs> he is not King of Kings if you don't understand that you're a huh. You're King over your life. He gives you the choice to make decisions. He doesn't force your hand. You can choose to live as the king of kings or you can choose to live as just a regular one. What would you choose? Right. So every time you now put on the revelation, renew your mind that I'm a king. I've got to make choices as a king would make choices over my life, over my job, over my city, over my name, all that stuff. Now he is made king of kings. Do you understand? Now he rules as a king over all kings. Yeah. 
Okay? So the provision has already been made because of mercy. How do you receive mercy? Is by renewing your mind. All right? The way you access the mercy of God is by? Yeah. Good. Very good. Now let's go to James chapter 5 and we'll read from verse 13 to 16. Verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? <laughs> Let him. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wow, that's a key right there. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This is the bomb right here. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James, the brother of Jesus, is writing this passage to us, encouraging us to pray. The reason why I'm bringing this subject in, 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 the, in, the, in, in the topic of mercy is because to access God, we need mercy. Do you understand? To access God to pray, we need mercy. Not like you know what I'm talking about. Right? Jesus is the way to the Father. But unless you believe Jesus, you won't have access to the Father. Once you have access to the Father, you have to repent of believing old things in order for you to receive mercy. Mercy opens the door for blessings. Okay? Are you with me? So James is saying, man, if anybody is suffering, pray. What's he trying to say? Prayer is not what the church makes it out to be. Prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a dialogue. It's, a, it's an interaction with God. He's saying, if you're suffering, go talk to God. <laughs> Don't talk to anything else. Don't talk to anybody else. Go talk to God. He's saying, anybody's suffering, let him pray. You know, prayer, every religion encourages its people to pray. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Christianity is not the only religion where people pray. Yeah. In fact, other religions, people pray more than us. Yeah. But there's a difference between their prayer and our prayer. Yeah. Our, our prayer. Do you know that? There's a difference. The difference is this. When they pray, they think that their prayer is what gets God to bless them. Do you understand? So the more they pray, the more they believe that God will be happy and God will not be angry and then God will bless them. 
So the more they pray, the more they give into the offering, the, you know, the more the coconuts they break, the more they do rolls around, all that stuff. The more you do that, they think that God will bless you because of your prayer. Religion teaches you to pray. Okay? It teaches you how to pray. And it tells you that prayer is the access to the Father, to God, to receive blessing. But with us, prayer is a conversation with God. A conversation happens between two people who know each other. Prayer, you cannot just shoot words into the air hoping that God will be flying sometime around the hill. And he will catch it and then he will bless me. Prayer or intercession or whatever you want to call it is a conversation with a God you know. You can't have a conversation with just air. So people in the world have religion, teaches you to pray and, and fast and do all that kind of stuff because they don't know God's heart for them. Do you understand? They don't know God's heart for them. They don't know that God wants to bless them or punish them. They don't know. So they'll, they'll shoot something up in the air. Or they'll give something, hoping they'll break a coconut. They'll do sacrifices. They'll, they'll do pujas. They'll do all of that stuff, hoping that God will not punish them, but God will bless them. That is religious form of prayer. So if you have been praying like that in church, please stop it. I would encourage you to quit that because you need to come into a place where you understand how Jesus prayed. When Jesus prayed, he said, my father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you understand? It's a conversation between a father and a son. It's a conversation. When my wife and I talk to one another, I don't talk to her like I'm preaching. Do you understand? I don't talk to her and, and I say, oh, sweetheart, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And sweetheart, I pray that you would, uh, uh, you would open up the floodgates of your bank account and you would give me your money so that I can go and buy some nice Gucci shoes and I can go and do this. And I can... No, that, that's a religious form of prayer. Do you understand? We don't have this. We shouldn't have this. Why do we treat people better than we treat God? Why do we make him to be somebody who's sitting up there going, if you don't say the right tone, the right way, the right... No. Listen, prayer with God is easy. Communication with God is so nice. He's gentle. See, the, the thing with us, the people who know God, we communicate to him from a place of, of knowing his heart. His heart for you is that he has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's not looking to see, mm, John fasted today. Mm, he, didn't, didn't, he didn't do anything. Wow, he's moving my other part of my heart that is already not moved. I'm, you understand? It's, it's, it's just not God. It's just not him. And if we have to come into a place of, 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 of understanding how we get our prayers answered, huh? Listen now. How we get our prayers answered, you must come into a place of knowing that God has already answered the prayer. 
God has already blessed you. Oh my goodness. Now it completely changes the perspective of your communication with God. So the title of my message today is the prayer of the righteous. All right. The prayer of the righteous. <clears throat> so brother James is telling us if you're suffering hardships, if you're going through, anybody going through hardships? Yeah, we're all, all of us are going through hardships. And the reason why we're going through hardships is because we have not accessed the blessing. God has blessed us. But the reason why we haven't accessed that blessing is because our minds are not renewed about what we're suffering with. Do you understand? For example, if you're sick in your body, you're running to the doctor. Or you run to Dr. Panadol first or Dr. Google, whoever it is that comes first to, to figure out what's happening with my body. Uh, you, you run to these places rather than running to the provision that has already been made. Right? 2,000 years ago, God made the provision for health and wholeness. So if you get a headache, don't run to Panadol. If you have a headache, you need to ask God, why am I having a headache? And he will say, probably you didn't drink enough water today. <laughs> you understand? Go drink some water. And if that doesn't work, then he'll tell you take a Panadol. Do you understand? Hello? When God speaks to you, he wants you to renew your mind. When you renew your mind, you access a realm of blessing if without, without prayer, you can't do that. Do you understand? You access this realm of blessing and without prayer, you can't access it. You come into a place where you, you, it's the renewal of the mind when you say, God, you know what? I really didn't take care of my body by drinking water. I should have drank water, God, and I, and I repent. So I go now and I drink water. Oh, that was really good, God. Thank you for the water. When I renew my mind like that, now my body, please listen to me, it accesses the blessing of health and wholeness that Jesus paid for 2,000 years ago. Do you understand? That's how the, the, your prayers are effective only through the renewing of your mind. When you, the way your mind is renewed is if you go to God in prayer. Not in fasting, not in mourning, not begging, but in conversation. You don't need to shout like John is shouting at God. God, answer me. No, no, Baba, you're just telling the whole realm that you don't know God. You're telling the enemy that has taken a hold of your life that you really don't know God. The people in the world, when they pray, they pray out of desperation. Listen to me very carefully. If you're praying out of desperation, then you don't know who you are. And you don't know who your God is. And you don't know the position where God has brought you in. 
When we communicate with God, we don't communicate with God as slaves. We communicate with God as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? The world will do all this stuff to be righteous. But we don't have to do all that. Christ has already done it. We believe Christ and through the renewing of our mind, we now stand before God right with him. Do you understand? So if I need blessings in my life, I need to just come before God because I know I am right standing with him. That he's not angry with me anymore. He loves me and he has a good heart towards me and he wants to bless me. And he's made every provision in the heavens for me to be blessed. But for me to access those blessings, I need to come to him in relationship. The world, religion, does not promote relationship. It promotes function. But for us, God has called us to communicate with him in relationship. See, the provision has already been made. But your access depends on relationship. Come on now. Come on. Your access to your breakthrough. You will not have that access if you don't go to God in relationship with him. Prayer is communication in relationship with God. Come on somebody. James is saying, if anyone among you is sick, let him pray. There's something about a Christian, a child of God, that communicates to God from a place of righteousness. We don't communicate from a place of desperation. Please, if you have been, you need to repent of it. Because now you're in a place of not begging God to bless you. You're saying, God, there's, a, there's an issue with my mind. You're going to God and saying, God, there's an issue with my mind. How do I know that? Because Jesus says, I have come to give them life and life in a, its abundance. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I'm experiencing stealing, killing, and destroying in this area of my life. Whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's my job, whether it's my workplace, business, whatever it is. If I see the evidence of the enemy in my life, it means that my mind is not renewed in that area. Do you understand? And if my mind is not renewed, it's not like you're cursed, okay? Please, please just stop that way of believing. You're not cursed. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his blood cleansed every curse from your life. Do you understand? You stand righteous before God. But there are certain choices that we make, knowingly or unknowingly. That causes the enemy to have a foothold in our life. And when he has a foothold in our life, he has power over your life. If you are experiencing lack instead of blessing, it means that the enemy has shut blessing over your life. Okay? If you're not getting a job, if you're not getting your salary on time, if you're not getting all, you're, you're, you're a new creation. The old is gone and behold the new has come. You're not, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a son and daughter of righteousness. Which means everything that happens to you should happen to Christ. Amen. 
Do you understand? Because as Christ is before God, so are you. But, but there are days when, man, your, your body does get sick. Hmm? There are days when your company gets attacked. There are days when your business gets attacked. But you need to go to God, not saying, God, the enemy is attacking me, help. But you need to go to God and say, God, there's choices that I've made that I've opened up and surrendered territory to the enemy. Come on now. I've opened up my body and I've surrendered because of certain things. I've surrendered my body to sickness to attack me. Do you understand? And because of that, you need to go to God in prayer, in relationship. You have to go to him in relationship and say, Father, I ask you to reveal these areas of my mind. We have opened these doors and then God will start saying, you remember that day? You remember that day? You did this? You did this? It will come like images in your mind. It will come like statements in your mind. It will come like little pictures, like feelings, like smells, like all of that kind of stuff. Like you need to understand God is in you and he will start revealing things in your, in your mind that you've done for so many years but you don't recollect it. And, he, and you have to come before God and say, God, I repent for that. I choose, I'm going to choose not to do that again. I ask you to give me mercy in that area. And when you ask for mercy in that area, now in that area, you are right standing with God. When you're right standing with God, the enemy loses power. Come on. Come on, church. Wake up. You understand? The minute you are right standing with God, now the enemy has no legal right to touch your life. No legal right. But because we don't exercise our authority on the earth, he still has it. We go before God and we win our cases before him. And we say, God, I thank you. I submit. And, I, and God says, yes, you're free. And you're redeemed. And I set you free from this and all that kind of stuff. We come back and we're still struggling. You've got to come back into your life and take charge. You've got to take authority. You've got to... You've got to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. You understand? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28 and Mark 16, he says this, all authority has been given to me now. Now you go. What's he trying to say? Go and every place where you see the enemy having a foothold in anybody's life or even in your life, now I have given you the authority. Now you go and take back what the enemy has stolen from you. You understand? You got to. You've got to do it. That's why he says, is anybody among you suffering? The first thing is you've got to do something. If your mind is, is still being unrenewed and you're struggling in a certain area and this is when you call the elders of the church and you say, hey, Come stand with me. I'm struggling. My faith is low in this area. My mind is not renewed in this area. Can you come and help me with my mind, get my mind renewed? You understand? That's when now the community comes together and rallies around a person who's struggling in a certain area. And now we boast them up and then we say, come on, we can do this together. And so now together as a community, we overcome the power of the enemy over your life. Do you understand? But you have to come into a place where you agree with what God is saying about your situation. You can't, you can't go to a doctor and the doctor give you a, a, a report saying, oh, you have cancer in your body. You can't go to God and say, I don't have cancer. You're living in denial. Hello? 
You're living in front of God. You're living in denial. You're actually lying. And people have been taught. If you receive the doctor's report, whose report would you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Problem is you're not hearing the report of the Lord. You're going to God with the report of the, of the doctor and saying, doctor told I have cancer, God. No, you have to go to God and say, God, there's a problem. There's, a pro there's an enemy that has, has a foothold on my body. What do you have to say about it? What do you have to say? This is what the doctor is saying. What do you have to say? I choose to believe what you're saying. Do you understand? It's not living in denial by saying, Oh God, no, 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 I don't believe the doctor. What do you want? I don't believe the doctor. No, no, no. You understand? You have to come before God as you are boldly and say, God, this is an issue in my life. I need your help. Then in a place of relationship, in a place of intimacy, He reveals. The, he reveals by truth, he unveils what the enemy has in your life. He exposes. Truth exposes. When truth and God speaks, his word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is so sharp that it divides the soul and the spirit. It divides between bone and marrow. God, when he speaks, man, he's really straight to the point. God will not tell you more than what you can handle. Do you understand? When God speaks, his, the, the word comes and it cuts like that. It cuts, it feels like, oh God, I, instead of saying she did it, he did it, my boss did it, say, God, it was my fault. I allowed it. Do, am, I, am I speaking to someone today? This is personally, this is what I do. I go before God and I say, God, I was the one who smoked. I was the one who drank. I was the one who did this. I was the one who had bad intentions. I was the one who got upset on the road. I was the one who swore. I was the one who did this. I was, I'm the one who is at fault here, God. Why? It's because you gave me all authority. Oh, come on. You gave me full authority over my life. Over, I am the king over my life. And now just like David, I've been looking at Bathsheba instead of keeping my eyes fixed on you. Hello? Jesus says in, uh, in Matthew chapter 12, he says, he, he shares a story about the strong man. Have you, do you know the story about the strong man? He says, there's a strong man and he has these possessions in the house. And, and uh, if, you, if you want to take the strong man, a stronger man has to come and bind, bind the strong man. He doesn't say a stronger man has to come and take the possessions. Hello. Do you understand? He says you, a stronger man has to come and bind the strong man. And then he will plunder. Oh, he will plunder his possessions. I always thought that I was a strong man. Until I realized that in Christ, I'm a stronger man. Hello. Yeah. You might think you are strong, brother. Until a, you open a door and a stronger man comes and takes over your life. See, it's about power. You understand? Whoever has the power takes over. If you allow the enemy, if you allow yourself to give into temptation in a certain area, the enemy comes and he'll throw a temptation at you. And if you give into that temptation, now you've given him power over your life. You understand? It's very important for you to get it. Right, Jimmy? It's very important for you to get it. 
Because the minute you hand over power, now sickness, sin, disease, destruction is a natural byproduct of his presence. So if you were to look at your life, you look at your life over the last one week. Don't look beyond that. <laughs> look at one week ago. You see your life. What has happened in your life? Do you see yourself walking in the blessings of the Lord? Or do you come here every Friday and celebrate other people's blessings, hoping that when is my turn? When is my turn? When is my turn, God? When will I get blessed? When will I get that promotion? When will I get the salary increase? When will I have that business? When will Walmart come to me? <laughs> huh? when, when will all this happen to me? Me, 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 me. And the problem is me. The problem is the mind. And God is saying, let me fix your mind first. When I, when I fix your mind, now you have all access to every blessing in, in the heavenly places. Now you can actually demonstrate power in your life. Are you with me? Anybody want to demonstrate power? Yeah. For the rest of you who didn't put up your hand, you'll come to us for prayer. No, no problem, no problem. We, we will, we're there, we're the church, we're the elders. <laughs> we will help you. Elder doesn't mean older, okay? Uh -huh. Please, don't, don't, yeah. Elder in the church doesn't mean the people who sit in the front. No, 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 no. The word elder actually means mature. A person who has matured in righteousness. A person who has matured in the sense that, that, that you, a person has constantly received the renewal of the mind and now has matured into a place where they don't allow the little things to... They have, they have more territory. Huh. That's what it means. I have more territory. Now I'm accessing more blessings in my life. Well, how, how do I know that? Well, just look, I mean, just look at Kelsey and look at Kelsey and me. I mean, we, we, just, we hardly ever think of asking. We, I don't remember the last time I said, God bless me. Do, do you remember when we pray? We're actually praying for people. We actually pray more for people than we pray for ourselves. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of lifestyle that I'm inviting you into. Where your, your focus is so not on yourself because the little foxes are not making you weak anymore. The little things are not making you weak and they make you guilty when you go before God and you're like, oh man, God, I'm a sinner. Oh, this is another one. Let me tell you, if you go to God and constantly repeat that you're a sinner, okay, now the enemy standing in the presence of God says, I have legal right over his life. Hello? Stop saying you're a sinner, man. A woman. Stop saying you're a sinner. You're not a sinner. The day you believe Jesus, he has completely washed sin out of your life. No longer a sinner, but a son and daughter of righteousness. Come on. <laughs> An unrenewed mind makes you powerless. When you choose to believe a lie rather than believing what God has to say, it makes you powerless. Many, many people live, Christians, live a powerless life. Many, many Christians believe 
that because they sinned and fell, because they did whatever they were not supposed to do, that they, God is angry with them. I mean, I'm telling you, this is grace at its finest. God doesn't look at you as a sinner. <laughs> God looks at you through the provision of the blessing. God looks at you from a place where he, he's one, I'm, I must be thinking, God must be thinking that my children like to live with less. They're, they're truly fasting from the blessing that I've actually given them. They love this fasting topic. Do you, do you understand? I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic, but I'm trying to tell you, tell you how God, he's made, it's like a mother, you know, at home. She cooks all this food and then the children come and eat one piece of bread. And they're like, oh, thank you, mom. And there's no nutrition going into their body. Because <laughs> I love being blessed. I love provision. Do you understand? We have to come into this place where we understand, man, God has released every blessing for me. Every need, business deal, God has already said yes to it. Promotion, God has already said yes to it. Husband, wife, God has already said yes to it. Now he's like, open your eyes and look and make your choice. How do I know? He says, man should not be alone. He says, the effective prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Anybody righteous in this place? Yeah, very good, very good. So which means when you communicate to God, you're communicating not from desperation, but from a position. Okay? When you're in desperation begging God, you're not in righteousness. Righteousness is accepting what Jesus has done for you. And now, no matter what you've done, it's washed and now you're standing right with God. Which means God now doesn't want to kill you. Okay? God doesn't want to destroy your life. In fact, he wants to bless you and give you more life. Okay? And so now in the NLT, it's absolutely beautiful. The New Living Translation. It says this, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Come on, man. Let me, let me read it in the Passion Translation since you're so excited about it. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. King James says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. NLT says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Hello. Hello. He's talking about people now who are communicating to God from a position of righteousness in relationship with God. 
Okay? He's saying these people have the ability to do tremendous and wonderful things because power... There's a supernatural power that is coming on these people to be able to do uh, wonderful things. I love the Passion Translation. Tremendous power. Wow. When was the last time you experienced tremendous power? I, I did it once. I put my finger in the socket. I experienced tremendous power. It shook me to the core. <laughs> but when I, was, when I was about 18 years old, I went to a meeting like this. And the man who was in front, elder, came through the crowd and he laid his hands on me. And I experienced what I experienced in that socket all over again. In fact, this time, the power was more stronger and it was more cleaner. There was no fear attached to it. When God's power hit me, I was out for six hours, man. When the electricity hit me, I just shook and I was like, oh. My first question to my dad was, am I going to die? I was, I was, I was a little, little kid at that time. Because I thought the minute you get an electric shock, you're going to die. But when... when God's power hit me. I was out for six hours. People, have, they were in the meeting. People could not carry me. Six, seven guys, big guys, couldn't carry me out of the meeting. They just left me. <laughs> I felt, you, you need to understand, when God's power hits you, you're, you're literally, you're, you're in a realm where you're aware of everything on earth and in heaven at the same time. I, I was aware that the, that the angels were fighting over my body. Okay? I was aware of people standing next to me and my hand was like this. And I was like, please don't stamp on my fingers. <laughs> this is what is going in my mind. But I could not move. I was literally, I just froze. Like not froze, but I was just like, yeah. I would say dead weight. Yeah. I would say that was the day John died. And that was the day the Spirit came and gave me life. Do you understand? You need to honor. When power, when the power of God comes on you, you are not the same. When the, oh my God, there's power being released in this room right now. When the power of God comes into your life, you will never look at your life ever again the same way. Every situation in your life, you know you have the power to overcome. You understand, when God speaks to me, he doesn't speak to me and say, just speak a word so that people can feel happy and go home. He says, speak a word so that the word can go in and cut their heart and it can set them free because you have the power to do it. Yeah. Do you understand? That word earnest is a phenomenal word. The earnest prayer of a righteous person some the English version, the English translation says the heartfelt prayer. But actually, if you go into the Hebrew and Greek, it's absolutely phenomenal. The Hebrew word for, for earnest, the word earnest, is the word pledge. When you understand and you're standing before God to pray, you're not praying because you want something. You're praying because he promised something. 
no, 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 you're not, no, no, you're not getting it. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, listen. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has tremendous power. The reason why it has tremendous power is because he gave you a pledge. He pledged, he promised that you would have power. He promised that you will, you will, you will, you will have power and dominion over the enemy. He promised, he says, go out now. All authority has been given to me now. You go. Listen, you need to understand, power without authority is stolen power. But it's illegal power. But when you have authority, now power begins to flow really well. When you're righteous before God, he gives you his authority. Why? Because all authority has been given to me. Now you go. When you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you're not begging. When you're begging, you have no authority. Oh, come on. When, when you step out in authority, you're, you're not pleading with people. You're not pleading, devil, please go away. Money, please come into my bank account. Gold dust, please fall into Weight loss, please happen. Please, please, I beg you, please. No, no. When you understand authority, you step in to Jesus and you speak as Jesus speaks. You look at your bank account and you talk to that bank account and you say, money, appear in my bank account. In fact, right now, for the ones who are believing what I just said, money is starting to appear in their bank account. For some of you who don't believe, just wait. To next week, they will testify. Do you understand? I'm seeing someone's credit card bills being paid. Right now. Right? People are smiling. Like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> no, why, why, can I, why, why can I make that statement? It's because he pledged. He gave me a promise saying people in life, those who are covenanted to people in life, those who are covenanted to me in life will experience breakthrough from debt. Do you understand? That's just Hebrew. The Greek translation of the, of the word earnest, the Greek translation is more technical. It's signifying, are you listening? That a deposit has been paid by the purchaser on entering into an agreement for the purchase of anything. So what it, what it means is the earnest prayer of a righteous man means that that righteous man has received a deposit of something greater to come. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. It means that he's got a down payment. If you got a down payment, there's a bigger, oh, there's a bigger payment that's, oh, oh, I wish you get it. I wish you get it. If you thought these little miracles that were happening today and over the last few weeks, 42 miracles in a service, you think that's big? That's just a down payment. That's just the down payment. You thought Walmart was a big deal? It's just a down payment. It's just a down payment. You can't go to God now and say, God, give me business because he has given you a down payment already. Every testimony that we share from this pulpit and from, our, from, from Kelsey and me or people in our church is a down payment of what is to come. 
Come on now. Come on, man. Come on. Wow. I'm not going to pray anything else outside of the down payment. Uh, that's the reason why we say, okay, come ready and we're going to make declarations. Why? Because each declaration is a down payment. Come on. <laughs> I have the mantle of business. It's a down payment, brother. I have the mantle of the supernatural. It's a down payment, brother. Do you understand? But this is just the down payment. Just the down payment. This is, he's just making a pledge. Just a pledge. Just a pledge. You can't. The reason why Christians don't have power when they pray. Don't experience power over demons and, and sickness and diseases. Because they're praying outside the pledge. They're praying outside the down payment. You're asking for something that God has not spoken to you about. Because you're asking for your own desire. But when you ask for his desire, when you ask for his kingdom, when you ask God, give me a business so that I can fund your kingdom. God, give me, bless me so that I can fund your gospel so that the kingdom of God can flourish all over the earth. Now you're talking according to his promise. Why? It's because he says all authority has been given to me. Now you go, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Every word is a down payment of what is to come. You will experience the power of God in your life Amen. when you pray according to the down payment. Amen. Down payment. Amen. You cannot pray God bless me anymore because it's not a down payment. You've got to pray according to the blessing that he's already given you. Right. Oh man. Come on, Come on church. Come on. Man. He goes on in verse 17, he talks about Elijah. Let's read verse 17. Are you there? He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Huh. And he prayed. Huh. What's the word? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed that it would. And it did not rain for the, on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Let me tell you, this is a demonstration of power. It's a demonstration of power. The guy is just like us. We think that Elijah the prophet is like, whoa. No, he's just like you and me. Just like you and me. In fact, some of you are way better. Because you don't mock people when they're worshipping their idols. <laughs> yeah, we love them. You're, you're way better. Trust me, you're way better. Way better than Elijah. But the problem is you're not accessing the power Elijah accessed because you're not praying like Elijah prayed. The prayer of the righteous. Elijah was not righteous, man. <laughs> he accessed power that... Was, oh my goodness. Was absolutely phenomenal. He, he experienced strong power. But you have the power to experience stronger power. You understand? 
Constant. What's the story of Elijah? The reason why, we need to go back to the story to understand what Elijah did, right? He calls the king and he says, come on Mount Carmel, not Caramel, Mount Carmel, okay? Come on Mount Carmel, bring all your prophets, bring all the people of Israel and let's show, let's, let's show who, who has the power. Say this, I have the power. Like say it like you mean it. I have the power. Yeah. So God now is speaking to Elijah. It's not in the scripture, but you need to understand what fervent prayer looks like. What earnest prayer looks like. Okay? Don't think that you don't need to pray. You just walk and everything is honky-dory. No, no, no. <laughs> you, know how, you need to know how to manifest the miracle. Okay? So he goes and they, he brings all, they bring all the guys and stuff like that. They, and they pray. They cut themselves and he mocks them and nothing seems to be happening. And then Elijah says, take water and put it on the offering. Fill it. And then he calls down fire. You understand power? Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Anybody call, call down fire? Fire? Anybody? No, no. Anybody call down fire and fire came? Okay. We were praying out of context. <laughs> Okay, anybody prayed for the sick and they got healed? Huh, it's the same. It's the same. We have more faith for healing than calling down fire. Why did he call down fire? To prove that God is all powerful. Don't call down fire on your bosses, please. <laughs> Not right now. Don't do that because then you'll get fired. Get it? <laughs> That was funny, isn't it? But there are some other ones didn't get it. <laughs> Don't call down fire because then you'll get fired. And anyway, anyway. So we're too serious, waiting on Elijah. So Elijah, now, the, he demonstrates the power of God. Fire falls on the altar and he slays all of the prophets of Baal. Then he goes to the king. He says, I hear the sound of rain. What happened? God told him rain is coming. God told you today provision is coming. God told you healing and health is coming to your body. So Elijah now, this is what earnest prayer looks like. He takes the word that God gave me. He takes the prophetic word, 2019. He gets on his knees on top of the mountain. He calls his servant him and says, go and look and see if rain is coming. He gets down on his knees and he starts praying. He prays. He's praying. He's praying. What's he doing? What is prayer? In? Huh. He's gone to God in relationship and he's saying, you gave me a pledge. You give me a down payment of rain. I'm asking you to give me access to the rain. You told me that I will prosper. Give me access to prosperity. You told me that my business will be successful. Give me access to prosperity. Give me access to health. Give me access to being a new creation. We're not begging God for miracles. We're saying, God, 
I want to change the way I think. So give me access now. Give me access. And then he sent his servant. Go look. The servant ran. No rain. He says, okay, go look again. Starts praying. God, what's he doing? Elijah is not saying, God, open the heavens. Elijah's opening the heavens. He's on his knees. He understands it is in intimacy. It is in prayer. It is in relationship that all creation, oh, come on. All creation is longing for the manifest sons to begin to manifest the son of God. You understand? He's there and he's praying. He's like, yep, now, go see. Now, go see. Now, go see. What's he saying? He's saying every time the guy goes and sees if rain is coming or not, he's received a pledge. Come on. Every time you receive a prophetic word, if it's the 15th time you've received the prophetic word, go and see if it's raining. If, If you've received a prophecy saying there's money in the bank, open your bank account and look at it. Oh, like as if it is in your bank account. Go and look. Go and look. Get up on your feet and walk around and see if your knee is healed. See if you've lost weight. See if there's gold dust. See if gemstones have fallen down. Step out and go and look. Go and look for the manifestation. Don't just sit down in church and just fold your hands and believe that the pastor will do it. No, 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 no. You're an Elijah. You need to get down on your knees and then send the servant to go look. Hey, look, can you see rain is coming? Can you see rain is coming? Can you see if the cloud has come? Can you see seven times? If you want, listen, let me tell you something. You have, if you are in relationship with God, you can shut the heavens over any city. If you understand who you are in Christ, you can in prayer, because the unrighteous are growing, you can shut the heavens. Why? It's because you need to prove that God is all powerful. Man, I'm telling you, if we can only grab onto this word, trust me, your life will never be the same again. You'll never pray the same. You'll never beg God. Never beg him. Please, don't beg him. You are, you are disgracing your relationship with him if you beg him for something. In fact, let me tell you something. God covenants himself with you. By making himself give you a down payment. He, he binds himself with you by giving you a down payment. Oh, John, what, 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 what is the down payment? In this book of 2 Corinthians, he says, I have given you my spirit. Oh, come on. I have given you my spirit as a down payment of the greater things to come. Let me tell you something. People want to die to go to heaven, to experience heaven. But God has given us a down payment of heaven on earth. You don't need to go up there. 
You can experience heaven right here, right now. Because God is in you. He's in you and he's giving life to your mortal bodies. You don't need to go to heaven and say, well, I have a body that now will never perish. No, no, no. You stay on the earth and allow his spirit to empower, uh, em empower, give you the power, make you powerful, make you powerful. Listen, the reason why you're sick in your body is because the energy level is going down because the power is power is going down but I got news for you that Jesus says my word is spirit and it is life and if you receive the down payment you receive the pledge of power 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 if you receive the spirit that's why Paul says pray in the spirit there's a there's a power in us that is so clean that it does not leave any waste materials in your body. Power. Everybody wants power. To have a better life, you need power. If you want more money, you need power. Money is attracted to power. That's why the rich keep getting If you can increase the power in your life, you will be a city on a hill oh, that cannot be hidden. Why? It's because all of creation is looking for power. Power, power, power. You want to demonstrate healing miracle signs and wonders? All of creation has to come to you in a powerless state. When you, the reason why you have a job is because God has put you there so that you can empower your company. Come on now. Somebody's getting it. Huh? God wants you to start a business in the city so that the economy needs empowering. Do you understand? Don't just think that, ah, I'm just, just going to work, brother, today, brother, you know, but, but I'm longing to do full-time ministry. No, 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 no. No, no, just... Just relax a little bit. Just go and, and power your company. Power your family. If there's people sick in their bodies. Let me tell you, frequency is transferable from the hand. Do you understand? Like the energy from a person, you, I can, you, can, you, you can be so filled with power that you can lay hands on a dead body and the dead body can come alive. You understand? It's because of the power. 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 The People in the world or, or people who have a different revelation will fast and pray. 40 days upon the mountaintop, no food, only water, 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 and the word in the presence of God because they want to be filled with power. But I want to tell you, in the new covenant, are you listening? You don't need another man to come and lay hands on you to be filled with power. Do you understand? You have the source of power. But it's come to you in the form of a pledge. It's come to you in the form of a... Why do you think our church experiences so much of miracle signs and wonders? It's because people are getting empowered by the word. That, that word comes in and it cuts out every other... Everything that makes you powerless. You understand? Now, now just think about your family like that. Think about your workplace like this. If you don't exist to empower them, it'll be dark. And if it's dark, your family is dark, your body is dark, your, your, your finances are dark, all of creation can't come to you. Because you're not a city on a hill. Oh, 
You're, you're, you're a lamp that is put under a bush. There's a basket over you covering it. What is that basket? It's territory that the enemy has taken. So you've got to be filled with power from on high. So when you're filled with power from on high, now you can take that basket and throw it out. And you can bind the enemy. You can bind the strong man in your life. And you can now shine bright like the, like the light that God has made you to be. In the beginning was the Word. And this Word was the Word of God. And this Word was the light of men. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. You did great.